Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host this evening or this morning or whenever you're listening to it. That's what's great about the Internet. You can listen to stuff whenever the heck you want. We also have a website in which I am the editor-in-chief. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. Check it out. There's lots of wonderful articles, lots of great podcasts. In fact, we just put an article up about the recent Disney-slash-Pixar movie that was released uh, that was written by... Miss Chelsea House. The movie is called uh, Luca. I'm sure you guys may have heard of it. If not, read the review. It's a great review, and then you can check out the movie if you have Disney+. Plus. Today, we're actually talking about movies, but the title of this episode is going to have a very, very nice subtitle, courtesy of our guest. This is going to be the buffet of bullshit. It is shitty movies that we just can't stand for various reasons. So you'll be hearing myself talk about it. You're also going to be hearing the wonderful and fabulous Professor James Rambo. So welcome him to the show. Hello. Yes, the professor. He explained the Dark Avengers and the Thunderbolts in a series of voice messages in a uh, Facebook uh, messenger that, like, changed my life. So you should subscribe <laughs> to his newsletter where he will also tell you about these wonderful things. Or you can just listen to the podcast because he does it here, too. Our special guest for this episode, she is a wonderfully talented artist. Uh, if you're in our group, in our GGR group on Facebook, you see a lot of the uh, posts that she makes. Uh, her name is Zena Wergi. Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you for uh, having me. It's nice to meet you finally through this medium, because I know we've talked before on, on social media. So, yeah, we actually get to hear each other's voice now. That's right. Our, our friendship is really, it's really uh, upgrading. We have taken it to the next level. I am That's super right. excited about this. Oh, uh, in fact, her. in fact, what better way to become friends with somebody than to shit on movies that you can't stand? <laughs> so... 
let's jump right in and talk about this. It's it's one of those things where we, we've talked about it before on GGR, where we try to we try to focus on the positive, like on the things that we love. But this is something that we love. We love to hate on shitty movies. And <laughs> it's a victimless crime. Yeah. So so what I want to do is, Zena, since you're a guest, it's only appropriate to let your guest go first. Like if you're ordering pizza, you let them have the first slice, those sorts of things. So go ahead and start us off. Give us a crappy movie that you just cannot stand and we'll all discuss and we'll kind of go round table here with some of the movies that we uh, we just do not like. All right. Well, um, I guess I should start with a couple days ago. I've been drawing a bunch of uh, vampire ladies recently. And I was like, well, what's another like vampire like movie? I mean... If you're a fan of the vampire genre in film, your bar is already set tremendously low. Most of those movies are just no good, um, but you accept it and 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 you just kind of keep trying to move forward. So I figured I would, um, I did watch this in theaters. It was never good. It was not good then. It certainly aged like milk. Uh, so I did put myself through the, the trauma again of Queen of the Damned. Um, I know. Oh man, and it was bad then, so and it bad. just did not get better. Um, and just immediately as I finished it, I started messaging Rambo, and I was like, "Oh, oh no, no, no! I have so many opinions and feelings. I mean, it is, it is such a tremendous steaming pile of trash that it makes everything around it worse. It emanates trash. Like the music that's in it, I used to listen to in high school and whatnot. Like I enjoyed Corn and whatnot, but this movie makes it worse." You know, it's just I like a dive bar in a basement. This may, movie makes it worse. This makes me not want to go to a bar ever again, which is frankly to me sacrilege. Um, and is it clearly this script was written in about forty-seven minute flat, no remakes, no edits, nothing. <laughs> that's it. That's the, here's the script, boss. Let's go with it. And then the boss was like, you know, let's cut this down even further. Let's cut it down to a solid twenty-seven minutes of script. Um, and that's what we'll have to work with. And then surely someone on the production team hopefully had the wherewithal to be like, but then why are these characters meeting? None of these characters even have, like, who are these people? Literally, who are they? They don't have names. You get like three named characters and beyond that, it's completely irrelevant. They don't matter at all. Um, and it's just, it's just phenomenally bad. It's already difficult to adapt a book to film of any kind, whether it's a series or, or, or a movie. Um, but these guys really, you know, because I guess their their rights to Anne Rice's novels were about to like run up. So they were like, you know what? If it's difficult to put one book on the screen, let's instead take two books, <laughs> smoosh them into one vile trash can dumpster fire of a film. That'll get them going. That'll get That'll get all the money happening. We'll have corn do the music, and they'll somehow make it worse. They'll make all their own music worse, uh, just for us. Um, and and yeah, then there's the special effects, of course, which were in fact quite special. Oh, uh, so ugly. <laughs> and the think... casting choices too. The casting choices seem so bizarre to me. There it They've is. got a, the the lead actress in it. I forget her name. She was in Wet Hot American Summer. A uh, beautiful lady. She can act. Oh, fine. Fuck, what's her name? Right? Yeah. Uh, it's a French name. I can't Marguerite remember it. Something? Hang on. Yeah, it's like Marguerite something. Yeah, hang on. Hang on. Let's pull this up because we need to know this. Because actually, while I'm looking this up right now, let me tell you, 
Um, I went and saw this movie in the theater with a friend of mine who had read the book and loved it very, very much. Uh, and let me tell you how disgusted it made me when I saw Stuart Townsend look at the screen. <laughs> he looked at the screen and she goes, boo. And he goes, well, boo back. And I'm like, I'm like, that's your that's what you're going with. All right. right. Her name is yes. Marguerite Moreau. Yes. That, that's the one. And she looks like she's 18 going on 36 in her, you like, know, weird scene aesthetic that just doesn't match her at all. Like, right off the bat, it just yeah. doesn't match her. With the, the space buns and stuff, just no. <laughs> she might uh-huh. she might actually be a vampire, because I'm looking at a picture of her right now. That woman has not aged. No, not the slightest. <laughs> yeah. She's, no. yeah, it's a very attractive woman. <laughs> she really didn't do so great acting-wise, but, you know, I, you know, it happens. But, well, like, after doing Queen of the Damned, I mean... That makes oh, sense. Set that I mean, bar. how did anyone survive that? Aaliyah literally didn't survive it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that was what brought the house down. It's like, all right, we got to no, we gotta do something about this. Good Lord. This is one of the two movies that I've left the theater angry. Like, not just like, oh, uh, that wasn't very good. Like, actually, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, you made it through the whole thing? I mean, that's Oh, yeah. Not- no, I've never walked out of a movie. I've turned movies off at home, but I have never walked out of a theater. I'm trying to think. Like, I definitely saw this in the theaters with a friend who loved this the book series. I can't. I think they liked the movie too, but it was the early 2000s, man. Things were different. It was a different time. Like, I don't remember what I felt about this movie. I was just like, yeah, yeah, Leo was in it. That's cool. Like, <laughs> like I. I don't remember having any feelings about this movie. All I remember is that one particular scene where Lestat, again, it's not Tom Cruise, and I'm like, oh, well, here we go. It's somebody different. And, and it like, wasn't hey, good. Hey, you can talk a lot of shit about Tom Cruise. There's yeah. plenty of bad to say about that guy. But as one, as an actor, he is a goddamn professional. And yeah. two, his Lestat is very good. Yeah. It is very good. He is charming as shit as Lestat. Yeah. Stuart Townsend. Yeah, well, that Lestat charm died with him when he didn't sort of re-up for this, this bizarre sequel-prequel situation. Oh, yeah, um, no, there's no way they could afford him. There's no way. Not on the budget uh, that this movie had. Jesus. Fuck, no. I feel like it was pretty impressive, but it didn't make, like, it made, what, like, a shiny quarterback? <laughs> it might be is also watching the vampires do the vampire things like a, like a super fast run which they show by having, it's like they had the actors like run, then they sped it up times two, but then they slowed it down times three. So they're running away at super speed, but really slowly. And I feel that that's not much of a superpower. Like I can do that. I can do that. (laughs) I can move slowly as well. (laughs) It does not make me more impressive when I'm running away from a fight in a dark alley. Um, probably. It's not been tested, but I assume it wouldn't assist. Huh. Uh, So listen to this. This is what Anne Rice had to say about it. By late 2001, Rice had seen the completed film and was sufficiently satisfied to allow her name to be used on the promotional material, although she later became disillusioned about it and dismissed the film in 2003, stating that a television series format would have been more suited for the material. Subsequently, Rice urged fans on her Facebook page to simply forget about the film, which she said (laughs) mutilated her work. Just, just pretend it didn't happen. We're all going to pretend it didn't happen. If we, it was. 
<laughs> if it we ignore a, it, we'll take its power. It has a fucking 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. A 17%. Oh, one on my list has a 0%. That's fucking everybody hated it. <laughs> I think I think that's a perfect pivot point, Mr. Rambo. What movie do you have that we can shit on next? So if I told you that there was a movie starring Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu oh, as assassins <laughs> who were hired to kill each other and then decide to team up when they realize that they're being double-crossed, you'd be excited to watch that movie, right? Like, you're interested. I, I have your interest. You're buying a ticket. It's happening. Boy, would you be fucking upset if you watched Ballistic X versus Sever. <laughs> it is a fucking terrible movie. It is... It, it's... There's no redeeming factor about it beyond you can look at the two leads. That's nice. Uh, Talissa Soto is also in it, and she's gorgeous. Um, like, you know, fresh off fucking uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's – I don't even have anything clever to say about this. It's just bad. It is – there are flat performances from two very talented actors. Um, there are a couple of other, like, character actors in it that are also usually – very, very good, solid, reliable people. Uh, you probably don't know the guy's name, Greg Henry, but you've seen him in stuff. He is Star-Lord's, like, uncle uh, or grandfather, can't remember which, in, uh, um, in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the thing I always remember him for is he plays uh, Val in Payback, this Mel Gibson movie from the 90s. Um, but, like, really reliable character actor. He's not very good in it. Um, it is... I believe it is the first film from a guy whose name is Wick Kayo Sayananda. Uh, the first four letters of his last name is Chaos, and that is how he is billed on this movie. Directed by Chaos. Directed by Chaos, which is an inadvertently apt description. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Ray Park. Ray Park is in this movie as well. Uh, fucking Darth Maul running around doing shit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not exciting. Even it's, Ray Park couldn't save it. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not engaging or, um, interesting to look at. It's just, a, it, it, I watched this movie and I was like, oh no, and Tony Banderas' career is over. He's <sighs> done. He decided that he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do movies anymore. So I'm going to make this. And then people will leave me alone. <laughs> and and conversely, I was like, "Oh, Lucy Liu, no, you were you were doing so well." And then this, yeah, this movie came out in two thousand two, um, and yeah, it's just I remember there being like a um, there was a Game Boy Advance game uh, that was a tie-in. Um, <laughs> that's how long ago this was. What? No. Nearly twenty years ago. What? <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's just boring. It's a, it's you know what's funny, like, though, is the wiki says a Game Boy Advance first-person shooter was released in 2001, 10 months before the film. Unlike the film, the game received very positive reviews. <laughs> oh, good. At least somebody survived the Titanic. Oh, that's awesome. So that's, you know, what's, what's funny about that is that that makes it feel like it's a movie based on a video game and not a video game based on a movie. Um, 
Yeah, apparently, uh, 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 Mr. Chaos, as he's known, um, is friends with Mark Dacascos because they've done a couple movies together. Good for them. Good for both of them. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just sad. It's just sad, and like there are there are, there are certain elements that if you put them together, you would think are always bankable and are always a hit. Like they're always going to work if you get good actors and you have a decent enough premise, you'll you'll you basically don't have to work that hard, right? You know you don't have to do much in order to not fuck this up. You'd be wrong um, because this movie is terrible. Um, yeah, it's it's there's nothing redeeming I found about it at all. Like I said, it has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think for a long time it might it might still be the number one worst rated movie on the site, um, which is saying something. Uh, Congratulations to them for that feat. I mean, yeah. you know, you Almost really swung the defenses on that, and no one can deny your success. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate. The real my, bummer. That's my favorite. Is the James Rambo long sigh? That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love man. how the video game came out bef- that it's based on came out before the film itself. Given yeah. that it takes so long to make a video game, you would think. And nearly a year out. beforehand too. Like, yeah. God, oh, that's so much worse too. Can you imagine like getting the game and playing it and really enjoying it and learning like, oh no, no, no this is. This is based on a movie that's currently in development. Oh shit, this movie's gonna be awesome. I love Antonio Banderas. Fucking Zorro was dope as shit. I love him. Oh man, Charlie's Angels. Oh he's, shit. He's I'm the goddamn mariachi favorite. for crying out loud. Yes. I mean, like, you know, mariachi. you know, like, I would think that just his charisma alone would have given this at least like a three or a four percent, but Jesus, this movie. That. Yeah. You would be wrong. Um, the like, like the the way the movie plays it, it's supposed to be like you know he's this like over the hill like ready to retire assassin. Um, like it's it's one of the first times I really clearly noticed any kind of like salt and pepper in his beard, um, like any kind of graze on him at all. Um, and I think they really lean into it, um, which you know that's also kind of cool. Like this is the kind of movie that if I bet the script for this is pretty solid and it just fell the fuck apart in the actual execution. Um, but either way, uh, I, I would love to see someone who is a better director take another swipe at it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a bummer. It's just a fucking bummer of a movie. It, it should be good. It like, it's, it's like, it's like someone made you a chocolate cake and they somehow managed to fuck up like the like, like all of the um, ratios for the ingredients are just off as fuck. Um, they use salt instead of sugar. Yeah. They, or, 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 or there's there's they're, they're both like there's both salt and sugar in there, but they mixed up the, the volumes like there was only supposed to be like, you know, a teaspoon of salt and a cup of sugar and they flipped those. Um, it's chocolate, but it's like it's like they bought a bunch of chocolate from the dollar store and melted that down. Um, <laughs> Forgot to move like the, all like remove the wrappers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little wrapper floating around in there, a bunch <laughs> of eggshells. Um, so technically, yes, it is a chocolate cake, but it's not one you want to eat. 
It's legally a chocolate cake if you would have to take them to court over it. Yes. Legally. Yes. You chocolate isn't even cake. Ah, but by law, it is. Yeah. There's, there's no sort of like subway, is this really tuna situation. Um, it is it is factually, there is chocolate in this. It is a cake. There is baking soda. There is some sort of leavening agent. But no, this is this is not... It, it, it's what it, rule of the law and uh, and yeah. and spirit of the law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by by yeah. the rule of the law, this is in fact chocolate cake. Spirit um, of the law. Yeah. It's an abomination. You know, I got you. Do not ever watch this movie. There you go. It is it is not worth your time at all. Sit quietly in a room and look at a wall. <laughs> that is a better. Uh, how long is this fucking movie? What or is it? Like, just imagine Antonio Banderas at his most charming, Lucy Liu at her most like awesome badassery and like mm-hmm. that witty ability that she has to kind of like not like break the fourth wall but kind of look through the camera at you and almost wink at you imagine those two things in that movie but just never watch it You're just, just think of think of think of antonio banderas lucy Liu, and Talisa soto having a nice dinner <laughs> there you just go. you know going to a nice restaurant and and being very charming and very attractive um and just you know, just having a meal. Uh, you know, look up look up clips of uh, of, of Banderas on Graham Norton on on YouTube instead. That'll be just fun. Watch, just watch Four Rooms, where he's just like oozing charm and charisma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Or fuck, watch Mask of Zorro for the hundredth time because that movie never gets old. <laughs> fuck, that movie's good. God damn it. But yeah, don't yeah. ever 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 watch this movie. If you so turn what? on your TV and you see Antonio Banderas in a suit with a salt and pepper beard, turn it off immediately. Turn it off, run away. So my question is, what has happened to uh, to Mr. Chaos since? Homeboy's still working. Um, he has made, let's see, so X vs. Ever was 2002. There was a big gap between uh, that and his next directed movie, which isn't to say he stopped working, um, but I think he may have... Yeah, 10 years, Jesus. The, uh, he, I mean, he, yeah, he might have just stopped working in, in film. Um, but since then, he's made a movie in 2012, 2014, 2015, 2019, uh, two in 2020, and he is on post-production on one movie, and uh, there's another movie he's working on that's been announced. I mean, hey, maybe the other movies are good. I don't fucking know, and I won't ever find out. Um... <laughs> Because this dude poisoned the well, as far as I'm concerned. It's like if you if you went to you heard about there was a a, a chef who'd open a restaurant and it's got like three Michelin stars. It's incredible, but you remember that this chef owned a little like shitty stall in some mall that you were at once, and you got food poisoning from it. You're not going to that guy's restaurant. You're not going to that guy's restaurant. Like the food didn't even taste that good, and you still got sick. Because um, it would be one thing. Like I, I, I default to the, the, the to the Tony Bourdain stance of like, food poisoning is just the price you pay sometimes. Yeah. Um, like the food will be so delicious that you're like, okay, well this is just how it goes. No, this was a bad meal, and you still got sick. Um, yeah. If if this guy is some like modern master of of uh, of action movies, that's that's great. Highly unlikely. Um, but yeah, X vs. Sever is a very, very unfortunate movie. And I'm sad that it exists. It's very, yes, it, it, 
it, bad times. <laughs> so when it comes to um, when it comes to the way I review movies, Rambo's familiar. I'm, I'm a pretty easy grader for the most part. But for the sake of Xena, um, I will I will let you know since you're you're a first timer on the podcast. I am a really easy grader on movies for the most part. I'm like. Yeah, Jurassic Park 3 really wasn't as good as the first two, but my expectation was if a raptor kills somebody in the first 20 minutes, I am good. And raptor kills three people in the first 20 minutes. So I was like, this, <laughs> fuck, this movie's great. Let's do it. Um, for the most part, I just want to be entertained and enjoy a movie. However, there are some that insult me on levels that I can't even begin to describe, um, but I will attempt to anyways. So... Two movies that I absolutely love, and they're not great films. I just love the shit out of them. It's Major League and Major League Two. In retrospect, looking back on these, um, if you're a baseball fan, they're great. But they have not aged well because there is a lot of racist shit in those first two movies. <laughs> however, oh. however, there's still there there's still a heart to them. There's still something to enjoy. The fact that they're showcasing the Cleveland Indians and their racist ass logo that sucks. But Again, there's there's good things to be had from this movie. However, there is a third major league movie, Major League Three, Back to the Miners, that is quite possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. It's possible. There are others that are really fucking bad, but this one was really bad. Um, and, that's and the one with Scott Bakula, right? Yes, that's what sucks oh. about it. I fucking love Scott Bakula. Walton Goggins is in it. Oh, and I fucking no. love him. And it's dog shit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read what I wrote because I wrote an article about this last year when I was binge watching all of these movies. I'm a really easy grader on movies. I normally can find something to enjoy in any film, and that gives my overall perception of the film a rosier glow. That being said, Major League Three: Back to the Miners sucks. <laughs> there are a few scenes that are entertaining, but it completely misses all the things that made the first two enjoyable. What could have been good about this movie was relegated to a few minor scenes, and instead it focuses on Ted McGinley. Yes, Jefferson fucking Darcy. He's in this movie for no good goddamn reason. Um, and he acts like a doofus for cheap laughs in this movie. And frankly, if this was truly the third movie in a trilogy, it should try to find a common theme and tie up a storyline. It did none of these things, but it brought back some of the actors from the first two films. That doesn't fucking count. I award you no points. Anyway, let's talk about this disappointing <laughs> film. So Scott Bakula's in it. So is um, Corbin Burnson. He's in it. Um, it. It all centers around how Scott Bakula is this like washed up minor league baseball uh, like pitcher, right? And like his career's like hanging on by a thread. Uh, Roger Dorn now owns the Minnesota Twins instead of uh, the Cleveland Indians. And he's like, hey, I want you to be a, a Scott Bakula. I want you to be the uh, manager for my minor league team, right? So he takes on his minor league team. Um, and the major league manager is Ted McGinley. The problem with this is Ted McGinley doesn't know dick about baseball. And like, look, like I'll give him credit where it's due. McGinley plays the pretty boy douchebag really, really well. Right. Yeah. He's made, he's literally built his entire career on it. Like, I feel like his checks should have like Ted McGinley in quotes, you know, that douchey guy from the movie you saw once. <laughs> like... And, like, I could see him as a pretty boy baseball player, but he's not a player. He's the manager of the Minnesota Twins, an, an actual major league baseball player. He's shitty to his players. He knows nothing about managing a team, and he knows nothing about development of young players. His moments in the movie are him making stupid faces and showing frustration and anger when things don't go his way. Like, maybe it's the writing. Maybe that's what sucked. But honestly, like, I think it was him. Like, if you're going to be smarmy douchey, like, maybe show something as to why the prick was actually, like, 
a good baseball coach, but nothing, nothing, nothing at all. And like, it just, ugh, God, it was like, imagine an annoying actor from a movie that you saw one time, right? Like he, cause McGinley was in Revenge of the Nerds. So let's take another one of the guys that was in Revenge of the Nerds who was just like there for like, you know, just to be a nerd. Um, what's his name? Timothy. He was in Field of Dreams as well. Why can't I remember that guy's name? The guy with the Oh, shit. Um, God damn it. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the redheaded guy. Fucking yeah. ginger guy. Um, welcome Last back year. to Rambo tries to remember actors names. What's his name? I think it's Timothy Busfield. Yeah. Yes. Busfield. Yes. Yes. Tim so Busfield. Let me let me tell me let me tell you about Timothy Busfield. Okay. This dude again plays like an over the top nerd character in Revenge of the Nerds, but in Field of Dreams he plays a fucking amazing like concerned older brother who's trying to help them um, out of their issues that they're having with like selling the farm so they don't have to sell the farm. Like the guy has done a lot of other movies and he's proven to be a really really good actor, but like. It just goes to show you that you can you can play a like a, a stereotypical thing, but then go on to do bigger things and go on to be an actual actor. Um, I don't think McGinley can. I think that this he's got one thing. And like I think that they were trying to find somebody to play the role of manager and they were like, fuck, we forgot to cast this role. We've got like a week left. Who's available? And they were like that guy who was the neighbor on Married with Children. Really? He's available? Yeah, actually, he showed up to the set in hopes to get work. Really? Just showed up. <laughs> Nobody asked him to show up. No, he's just here. You were really shitting on him. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hope I meet him. I hope I meet him in person one day so I can tell him how much he fucking ruined this movie for me. You are bad at your job, sir. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things like, can I, I don't know if, if we haven't mentioned one yet, but like imagine a movie series that you really, really, really liked the first two. And then the third one, you're like, all right, let's see how they tie this trilogy up. And they were just like, we're not going to tie the trilogy up. <laughs> Fuck all of that. Here's here, here's Stan from, from Revenge of the Nerds doing a bunch of dumb shit. Oh, thanks, I guess. I, well, at least I didn't pay for this and I just got to watch it. I, I, yeah, I pirated this shit out of this movie. At least I didn't have to pay for it. So there's that. Paid with it with, with time, your precious time. And I can never get that back. Never, ever. Ever. Ted McKinley, you owe me two hours of my life. <laughs> Specifically you and not anyone else who was a part of this production. No, 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 no. Don't. Not the director, not the writer no. or writers. No. Probably, no. probably writers. Yeah. Because sometimes the shittier the movie, the more people have writing credits on it. Yeah. You, don't don't you bring Bacula's good name into this. No, no. You leave <laughs> Walton Goggins alone. You let them continue to work. You, sir, are done, however. You just turn in your SAG card. It's over. Like, yeah, no more. No more from you. He's actually probably a really, really nice guy in real life. Like, <laughs> Ginley? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Too bad he him. wronged you so Yeah. Badly. I just feel like I would go up to him and be like, man, you sucked in Major League 3. And he'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I sure did, man. Yeah, I moved his balls. <laughs> and then I'm just going to be like, oh. And he'd be like, how about I buy you a drink? And I'd be like, well... All right, Ted McGinley, you won me over. All right, <laughs> Did you have to I, call him know, by I, his full name too? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, you know, I, I hear that, and I, I always, for actors in particular, like I always feel bad for them when they're in shitty movies because so often the job is just you interpret the script, 
you think about your character, you give your best performance. And if you have a shitty director or other people on, on, on set who just aren't terribly good at their jobs, you'll just think what you're doing is fine. Like, you know, part of the, part of a director's job is to say that wasn't very good, or we need to take this in a different direction. Can you try this? Um, because the, the actor is, is there's only so much they can do. Right. Um, so I, I always wonder about stuff like, you know, him walking off set with Bakula being like, that was, that was bad. Right. And then, and Bakula being like, I don't know, man, the, the check cleared. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's entirely, it's entirely possible that like, they were like, Hey, you know what? Um, Ted, just, just chew some scenery here, bud. And they recorded it and it was garbage. And they were like, you know what? I don't have time for this. We've got three months to record this thing and be done with it. Like, let's just, let's just wrap this shit up. And like, yeah, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible it wasn't his fault. And maybe, again, when I meet him in person, um, he will tell me this. <laughs> like, it, Yeah, it, it's, yeah, because ultimately, like, if you're not being pointed in the right direction, or like, let's just say, for instance, again, they're on a tight shooting schedule, and they just need to get this shit done. And he finishes, like, hamming it up, and they're just like, that was gold. Fucking gold, Ted. Love it. And everybody's like, really, you did? And he's like, no, I just need to get this shit done with. Like, it you just need to move on. Yeah, exactly. And it's rough also for the actors um, when it does turn out that the movie is is shite, that the actors are the faces that you see. So we blame the actors first and foremost. 100%. And, you know, maybe it was the maybe it was the director, the script, any combination of things. But the poor actor who may actually be good at their job was just just stuck there. And it's their face you see, so you're just sitting there going, you personally, sir or madam, have fucked this up beyond belief. It's your fault, personally and professionally, that this was terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, look at um, look at Hayden Christensen. He is the focal point of everybody's hate for the, um, the prequels, the Star Wars prequels. And honestly, if you look at his performance and the way Anakin Skywalker should be as a character, as a person... It's it's really not that far off, and it's a pretty damn good performance. In fact, the guy's a damn good actor. If you've seen him in other things, like I think everybody just had it was the headcanon problem. Is they were just like, this is the way I see this movie going, and this is the way it should be. And if it's not that, then I have a problem with this. And the writing, like, oh, this is gonna piss off a lot of Star Wars fans. I don't think George Lucas is that great of a writer. It's He's a shitty people. writer. Yeah, it's the other people. <laughs> He's a in, shitty writer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Lawrence Kasdan that that helped save the original trilogies. Like it's um, uh, uh, Irving Kirshner who helped save um, Empire Strikes Back. Like his direction and his rewrites are what did that. But everybody was like, oh, it's all George Lucas. Eh, well, we found out that it wasn't. But yeah, everybody like said, wants to talk about how how great Lucas was, and and th and they still do. Yeah. Every time somebody talks about the fucking, you know, how much they don't like the new trilogy, they invoke Lucas's name. It's like, man, Return of the Jedi is what I have to say to that. Even if we're not talking about the prequels, yeah. Return of the Jedi, one of the movies he had the most to do with, arguably the worst of the original trilogy. Um, I'm like, come on, miss me with that shit. Don't don't try and, and pitch him as like some, some great creator. Well, he made... He made the Indiana Jones movies. No, Steven Spielberg made the Indiana Jones movies. And there are a lot of people on both of those franchises that did a lot of work that do not get credit. 
like Lucas's wife editing changed and improved a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, no, Hayden Christensen is, is a great example of like an actor who gets really targeted for stuff. Um, when you look at the, that, that whole trilogy and it's like, there are Oscar winning actors all over the place and almost all of them are giving wooden performances. Why is that? Oh, because the director is bad at his job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue was pretty shitty too, but yeah, like we're not going to delve into that, that we're not going to go down that rabbit hole just yet. We'll, we'll save that for another episode. Um, Zena, you're up. Give us another movie that you can't stand. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch switch it around a little bit. Okay. Um, in that this is a movie that is absolutely no good. It is definitely a bad movie, and also I do love it. I recognize it for all of its faults. It becomes it's a bit more charming to me for them. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't know because obviously it doesn't exist in a good movie form. So I have to assume that the parts that make it so trash are also a little bit uh, to blame for its bizarre and terrible charm. Um, and that is uh, a little something-something, a little crossover animation and live-action piece from, I believe it was in the 90s, maybe oh, early God, 2000s. I know what you're gonna say. Oh, yes, you do. And if you loved um, frame, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, <laughs> but you always wished for it to be grimier and more disgusting and make less sense, then boy, have I got a treat for you. Starring the, uh, again, the late and the great Kim Basinger, or Basinger, I never knew how it was pronounced, and I can't ask her now, uh, and also, um, oh, oh, how am I forgetting his name? He's such a big deal. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, that's right. And also some gentleman whose name I never knew, and of course that is Cool World, that's right. Cool oh, World, in which... Cool World. That's where I right. we were going with this. Hang on, I want to pause this real quick. Did you say the late and the great Kim? Yeah, she's alive. Yeah, she's, she's alive. Dead. <laughs> People were yeah. like saying how she died. She retired. The cool. world was so bad she died. Oh, in Zena's Z- eyes, Kim Basinger's last movie was Cool World. <laughs> <laughs> Why did just, I think she just died? Phone it in. You're done. It's over. Oh, uh, Gabriel Byrne was in Cool World as well. I think Gabriel Byrne plays the lead. Yeah. Oh, that's the guy whose name I never knew. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I love this movie because it is, like, gritty and sort of terrible. Um, but, like, it's just conceptually so weird. I love the aesthetic of the Cool World portion of it because it is super, like, bizarre and, like, ugly and gritty and, and, and like, grimy and whatnot. But, like, none of it really makes sense. And then when you bring Kim... Uh, Oh, what was her name? Hollywood. Miss Hollywood, if she could, over into the real world. And she's just desperately trying to bang literally any dude so that she can become like a real person, like a fleshy person, which I don't understand. Uh, conceptually, I don't understand wanting that because when you're in Cool World, like you, you can fall from the tallest building, get hit by a hundred cars when you land and be good to go. That's I don't understand why you'd want to swap that out. Yeah. So if, if someone can make sense of that for me that'd be great but i just like i just thought it was so fun uh well, Zena, it's, it's because everybody wants to fuck the hot cartoon so oh, that's well, what the movie's no about the hot cartoon she's just a hot regular lady i mean hey that works too 
don't understand why she would want to fuck like a dude so that she could become a regular lady rather than be a cartoon. The whole weird fucking Pinocchio thing with that movie. The gross Pinocchio thing. (laughs) 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 Pinocchio is like, Geppetto, how do I become a real boy? Well, (laughs) take a knee, son. Uh, yeah, so uh, I will say this though, because this is uh, like as some a, a role that I would not say like redeemed her, but was quite good, and she played it well. Was uh, Kim Basinger was in? Uh, is it Basinger or, or I don't even know how it's pronounced. We correctly. may never know ever. Yeah, well, yeah, because she's dead and we can't ask her. So. <laughs> it is. It's 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 Basinger, and you're supposed to hit the G a little hard, so it's Basinger. Basinger. Yeah. Yeah. She is fucking great in uh, L.A. Confidential. Oh, yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah, she's a wonderful actor. Yeah. Yeah. No no one in that movie had to be a bad actor. Yeah. None no. of you had to be bad actors. Uh, None of you had to be bad. No, they were to... there. Yeah. You know, in this uh, production, right. they just had to be very awkward uh, and, uh, yeah. and over the top. Um, I remember watching it on cable when I was a kid and being like, this movie's not that great, but they're... You know, I'm like 12 oh, or 13, and I'm like, but there's a lot of sex yeah. in this, so this is interesting. Let me keep watching it. Like, that makes so much sense. But this is I, I don't know if he ever did any other live-action stuff. Ralph Bakshi directed Cool World. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? No, son of a bitch. That lines <laughs> up so well. You horny motherfucker. <laughs> Constantly, like, I ought to fuck that cartoon and that cartoon. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah. it's all of them. Just, just all of the cartoons. Give them all, all the cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, Fritz the Cat. Yeah, let's do Fucking this. Ralph yeah. Back. <laughs> Ralph Back. Jesus. Fucking Fire and Ice. And, oh, God. All right, Rambo, give us another one, man. Uh, the other movie, there, like I said earlier, there are two movies that I have left the theater angry. Um, one was Queen of the Damned. The other was Alien vs. Predator. Oh, yeah, that one wasn't great. It's, um, so, okay. It's a movie. It is certainly a movie. Um, this is what really bugs me about that movie. Um, I, uh, uh, am someone who read, I, I never read the comics, but I read the novelizations of the comics. And that movie pulls really heavily from that story. Except for the good parts. It is essentially just, we're going to find an excuse to have these two characters show up and fight each other. Hey, I'm down for that. Let's do it. Um, One of the most interesting things that happens in that comic and those books is the, first of all, they're they're, they're doing the the sort of Ripley thing of like badass female lead. Um, Imagine if, if Ripley met the predators, helped them fight the aliens, and then became a hunter with the predators. That sounds fucking cool, right? Doesn't that sound interesting and like something you want to be a part of? (laughs) The second book begins, like the first book ends with, uh, with an elder predator that has brought a bunch of young ones to this planet to, to have them like go through their like rite of passage. Um, she helps him survive all these fucking aliens. And so he's like, hey, you passed the test. And so he uh, he marks her with the fucking alien blood, with the fucking acid blood. He gives her a fucking, like, sign on her forehead. And so, like, 
hey, if you want to come with us, you're welcome to. And she's like, dope. There's no reason for me to stay here. Um, so the second book picks up like a year or two later and she's full fledged. Like she's part of the team. Um, she's running around kicking like nine kinds of ass and they're the book opens with them kidnapping an alien queen, uh, so that they can use it to, to, um, to make more of the fucking, uh, xenomorphs for hunting purposes. Um, that shit is cool. The fucking movie takes most of that and then goes, oh, but um, we're just going to leave her in the Arctic to die. Yeah. That shit. Oh, yeah, it killed it's, me. It's, that's okay, right? We're just going to leave Sonal Lathan here in the cold? By herself. By with herself. No shelter. With no shelter, with no vehicle. Not even... Not even a single rollerblade to skate away to safety on. <laughs> Just like, 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 all right, see you later. This was cool. I, I, respect I you. honestly, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a long time since I watched it and I'm not watching it again. <laughs> but I left that movie like they just abandoned her in the snow. They Is couldn't there... give her a lift to civilization just real quick. And like, there would have been no extra effort required. To have them be like, you know, just an open hand, like, you want to come with us? That would have been it. That would have been so cool. It sets it up for a big sequel. She could run around being a fucking badass. Like, and also, like, you know, who doesn't want to see Sanaa Lathan in the, like, fucking the mesh uh, 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 fucking Predator outfit with all the armor pieces and shit? Just run around being a badass with dreads and shit. Oh, yeah. customized to her much smaller human frame. It would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's a whole subplot in the second book is the smallest of the predators um can't stand her. Fucking hates her. Um everybody calls him shorty even though he's like 6 foot 5. Um <laughs> because to them like the shortest like, guy on the basketball team he's basically. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um it's not like a Muggsy Bogue situation <laughs> where he's like actually a relatively short man. No. He's just tiny compared to them. Um, and she's like 5'3". Uh, <laughs> so he's constantly trying to get her killed. And everybody else loves her. <laughs> everybody else this is like, like a movie I want to watch. I want to watch this 100%. one. 100%. Hold on. Yeah. The character's name is Machiko uh, Noguchi. Um, and she is just fucking cool as shit. Um, and Sideshow Collectibles a couple years back did a toy of her um and it is fucking awesome uh, let me see if i can find it it is like you know it's funny that you mentioned this because i remember years ago before this movie came out reading in a like nerd magazine of some sort the basic premise for a alien versus predator movie and it's exactly the way you're describing it uh-huh like there's it, no reason the world they couldn't have done that yeah and like ultimately too, like imagine for future movies in, uh, involving a predator that you've got a predator hunting somebody. Let we'll just say it's a human, you know, like some other big action hero. And then the big reveal is they take off the predator mask, just like in the first one, and you're like expecting some monster, and it's a fucking human female. Mm-hmm. Like people would have lost their shit and it would have been awesome woman here to fuck your shit up yeah exactly 
Like this is the person that has obliterated my entire military organization, like with no problems whatsoever. Oh man, like yeah, you want to talk about like a fucking awesome feminist stance? That would have been amazing. And there's so much like th- that's what really pisses me off about this movie is there's so much potential. There's and, and like things not just not just stuff we don't get to see stuff on screen that just is not well executed. Now there's there's an apocryphal story about well first of all this was directed by Paul W S Anderson so if you if that name doesn't ring a bell um, the <laughs> he did the entirety of the Resident Evil franchise like he either produced directed or wrote in some fashion all of those movies um, it was amazing he... well written. Pieces of cinema <laughs> that at one point have Mila Jovovich running down the side of a building like she's super fucking Mario. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, well, I mean, they are they are married, so you know. Um, so <laughs> he he did all those movies. He did uh, the Three Musketeers movie that came out in the last couple of years, where there are airships and shit. Um, he, I, I, hey, he did the first Mortal Kombat. I enjoyed the shit out of the first Mortal Kombat. He also did Event Horizon. That movie's dope. Oh, uh, God damn. But it, it was, you know, because you're like, ah, oh, well, I, I, I can't stand him and fuck his career, too. No, he, he's done some good stuff. Um, he has, yeah. But the story is that he was at a press screening and the movie ends and everybody's like, what the fuck? And he gets up and he goes, that is not my movie. I did not make that movie. So, the, you know, the story being like, there's a director's cut floating around somewhere of like the good version or some bullshit. Um, uh, some more release than Snyder cut shit. Great. Which is like, it's certainly possible, but until I see it, I'm going to call bullshit. Um, but yeah, there was, you, you were so close to doing something cool. You were like, and there's like some interesting visuals in it, but there's also a lot of stuff like, you know, so the, the, the predators have the, like the claw on their, on their forearm. Right. Yeah. And Wolverine shit, but there's only two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And in this movie, it's like, now what if there were like sword length? Who gives a fuck, man? That's not, that's stupid. That's stupid. (laughs) That is not interesting. Stay focused. Focus people. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's on some fucking Rob Liefeld like, well, what if the gun was bigger? No, <laughs> damn it, some fucking pouches. Uh, but yeah, it's very frustrating. It made me really upset when I was yeah. when I first saw it. Understand. Um, and and then you get the fucking like pred alien at the end of it in the fucking post credit scene, like one of the earlier post credit scene scenes we got from movies. Um, which apparently shows up in the next. One. I never watched the next one because I was so fucking pissed off with the first one. I, um, yeah, I never. I same. I haven't watched any of them since then. Unfortunately. My understanding I've is watched them, but I don't feel like I remember anything about them. There's just like you know, there, there's some good violence in there, and that's none of it really was committed to my long-term memory at all, and and I'm okay with that. Yeah, all I remember is like something, 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 something Arctic, something pyramid, aliens, predators. I don't remember anything else. I mean, that's basically the whole movie. Oh. Congratulations, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Hey, all right, I do remember it. Um, yeah, just uh, uh, it's boo, it's, boo, it's, fuck that there movie. It there it is. All right, so 
I want to talk about one that um, not as shitty as Major League Three because that was bad, but I want to talk about one that it 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 really hurt me emotionally. <laughs> and the reason why is because um, my relationship with Star Trek is very like it's been something that I've loved since I was a child. Like I remember being like in like maybe elementary school, maybe like five or six years old and watching those Star Trek movies and like just loving them and just absolutely loving the series and then started watching The Next Generation. And like Star Trek is just like it, it's like a big warm hug for me. Like I, it's it's comfort food. It's like soothing. If I can't sleep and I have insomnia, I can lay down on my couch and watch Next Generation uh, on Netflix and be very, very happy and content. When they redid the series, when J.J. Abrams was like, hey, I'm going to do some Star Trek movies. I was like, yeah, well, you kind of dropped the ball with Lost, but all right, cool. Let's see what you got. And it, and the first one is, is, is pretty decent. I enjoyed it a lot. I've probably watched it like half a dozen times. And then we did a second one. And I was like, oh, what are they going to do with the second one? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, they got Benedict Cum Cumberbatch in it? I was like, who is he going to play? And my first instinct was Khan. I was like, no, please don't do, do Khan. You can do better than that. And I was like, all right, so maybe it's not going to be Khan. And then People Magazine does a story on it. And they're like, yeah, this is Khan. And I'm like, fuck, you've already released it. There's no surprise. Ah, God damn it. And then they all come out and they're like, no, 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 no. He's not Khan. We were just kidding. And I was like, oh, OK. And then you watch the movie and he is Khan. So it's just like, God, what is what the fuck just happened? Like you've, you've already set us on the wrong path. The problem that I have with this movie is the beginning of it is good. And that's what sucks so bad is the beginning of this movie is great. Because first off, the actors are fantastic. Like Chris Pine as James T. Kirk is fucking dead on. And they add things to this movie that was never in the original series or any of the original movies. The fact that there's a relationship between Kirk and Pike that's very father-son-esque was a really, really, really good nuance. And then what do they do with that? Oh, let's kill the uh, kill Pike. Okay, why? Eh, I don't know. Um, and there was really not a good reason for it, other than like now Kirk needs motivation to do this, other than the fact that he's a fucking Starfleet captain and it's his goddamn job. But you know, what do I know? Um, the beginning of the movie is great. It's a really, really good allegory for what was happening in our world at this time, as far as like the Patriot Act, as far as like the war on terror, because. Um, Harrison is is John Harrison is his name is the the, the name they give uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in the beginning of the movie. He basically is committing terrorist acts against the Federation, and you're just like, oh shit, this isn't good. Um, and then he escapes to Kronos. Kronos is the home planet of the Klingons, and they are not authorized to go after him on Kronos. But Admiral, um, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Uh, Admiral Marcus. That's right, because he's Carol Marcus's father. Admiral Marcus, who's Peter Weller from Robocop, which is fucking dope. He's like, ah, just don't worry about it. Just you go take care of business. And I was like, ah, get it. He's George W. Bush. This is cute. OK, cool. And like they send Kirk to go get him on Kronos. And there's this badass fight between all of the Klingons. And like, it's just really, really fucking cool. And I was like, they're going to take his ass because Harrison is Osama bin Laden and Kronos is Afghanistan. OK, I get the allegory. But you know what? I, at least we're doing something with this. And we're talking about the moral implications of doing something like this. I was like, this is OK, great. And then there's the second half of the movie yeah. when they've captured John Harrison and he's in his cell and he has this big dramatic moment where the music swells. And he's like, my name isn't John Harrison. My name is. Khan. Like um, this fucking 
like this fucking means anything to this starship of children who've never met you, who didn't see the movies because the movies didn't exist because they're not in this universe. So they have no fucking idea who Khan is. This is literally for the audience. So having this big dramatic reveal for your actor, it makes no goddamn sense. But like it, it, it uh, what makes this even worse, though, is he reveals this. We're like, OK, all right, fine. But this doesn't have any impact now because J, because JJ, you fucked this up and People Magazine dropped this spoiler before anybody else did. So it gets even worse, too, because at one point they have to ask Old Spock because Old Spock is the bridge from the old series to the new series. They ask Leonard Nimoy, hey, can we trust Khan? And he's like, no, he fucking killed me and like a hundred people on the Enterprise. He's a fucking murderer. But here's the worst part is you already knew that he was a murderer because he committed terrorist acts against the Federation. You have to ask, is he a bad guy? Murderers are bad guys. <laughs> like, I, I hate to break this to you. Like, Zachary Quinto, Chris Pine, if you have to ask the old dude in the room, hey, should we do something about this murderer? I'm like, what the fuck? Who wrote this shit? Oh, wait, I know who wrote this shit. The same guy who went on to write the next one, who also didn't know how to fucking write Star Trek. But, like, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse because the second half of the movie, they ha it, it's perfect J.J. It is perfect J.J. Abrams. Great, grand idea to start and then just fizzles the fuck out of the end. Like, if you were – it's like a big sweeping musical score that ends with a loud fart sound at the end. Like, oh that's what this was. Like – you're like, that's how you're going to end this? All right, cool. They literally just ripped off Star Trek Nemesis and Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan and mashed them together, but took the best parts of them, smashed them up, and was like, yeah, we don't need to rewrite this. Like, let's fight a bigger ship. Okay, it can catch us out of warp. Uh, all right, cool. Um, Somebody's going to die. Is it Kirk or Spock? Well, it was Spock the first time. Uh, let's make it Kirk. Why? I don't know. Fuck it. Why not? And, like, when Spock died in Star Trek II, that was some shit. Because it had been, what, 30 years or like you know, 20 years of seeing this character, of knowing this character, of loving this character. To have Kirk die in the second movie after these characters have only known each other for like, I don't know, what, a year? Like the reason that was so impactful was Kirk and Spock had been friends for 20 plus years. They went to the academy together. They served on a ship together. They were friends. They had all of these adventures together. But like to have Spock have this big emotional moment when Kirk dies – after only knowing him for about a year, yeah, it would suck, but it's not gonna it's not gonna have the same impact. But they're trying to make it have the same impact. And that's just it's not doesn't make any sense. And on top of that, too, to have him resurrected 20 minutes later, when I, when it took an entire movie to resurrect Spock in the old series, you resurrect him with some bullshit too. They were just like, oh hey, because Khan has um he's like uh genetically modified, um, we're gonna use his magic blood. And his magic blood will bring you back. Oh, Why? I love magic blood. It's so convenient. Right? It really is. Well, and somebody pointed out a great... <laughs> I saw somebody point out a really great plot hole about that in terms of the whole, like, you know, Spock getting angry and, like, you know, really feeling his, his emotions and going after John and, and or Cotton and all this shit. Weren't there a bunch of other genetically modified humans... I want to already I wanna, on the Enterprise. I want to read this to you. Okay, this is from an article I wrote back in 2014. When Spock died in Rathacon, he was dead for a whole movie and was resurrected, plausibly, I might add, within the confines of the story. It was not by some ridiculous MacGuffin like Super Khan and his amazing Technicolor blood. While we're on the subject, Uhura and Spock had to rush to get Khan 
so they could get more of his blood to save Kirk. Wait a second. Aren't Khan's friends, who are also genetically altered supermen, in cryosleep just hanging out full of magic blood in a cargo hold on the Enterprise? They're conveniently not awake and not trying to kill as many people as possible. Why was it so important to get Khan? I mean, other than closing the plot hole. You literally could have used one of the frozen crew members of the Botany Bay and blown Sherlock to bits with photon torpedoes. But, you know, Whoops. what the fuck do I know? <laughs> what really that- pissed me off about that whole situation beyond beyond the just, like, lackluster fan, fan service bullshit of it, excuse me, um, was... When it first got revealed that Cumberbatch was playing Khan in the movie, um, as like damage control, because like I don't fault the producers and the writers. They, they were already like there were a bunch of people who got really mad that when it came out they didn't change the movie. Like, well, no, fuck you. you. Why would they do you that? Literally can't. Yeah. That's that's exactly. that's a terrible response to that. Like, well, you should have made it different. No, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> But Simon Pegg did too good a job in trying to hide this um, because Simon Pegg's response was, oh, no, 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 we're, uh, we're not doing Khan. We're doing, uh, uh, Cumberbatch is playing Gary Mitchell. Oh, fuck. I wish you were. <laughs> I was so hopeful you would know who I was talking about. Yeah, um, the guy who went across the Great Barrier turns into a fucking god. Yes, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's a fuck. He's like a fucking like a, a he is lieutenant commander who becomes like this crazy god powerful dude. Um, who he just yeah he just he's just a guy who becomes this crazy like space god. Um, that is way more interesting. That is way and like to take an old episode and to adapt it into a movie like that sounds much more engaging than like oh hey. Um, we know that the second of the Star Star Trek movies was Wrath of Khan, so we're just going to redo Wrath of Khan again. Um, but uh, we're not going to we're not going to have any of the proper setup for the payoffs. We're just going to have the payoffs. Um, here you go. This is 100% for people who've already liked these movies. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I I'm so curious to talk to somebody who wasn't already a Star Trek fan who didn't already have the background on it to see what their perspective was like, because it falls apart so easily for me, even as someone who knew about these characters, I'm just like, Oh, Are you all right. This? You're going to fucking hate this. Like I hate this because this makes me lose so much. Like <laughs> I lose so much faith in humanity because this is, Star Trek Into Darkness has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 89% audience score. It makes me want to fucking vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's very fan servicey, and particularly on you know coming off of the first one, which I love the first one. I also yeah. really like the third one, but the first too, one yeah. really does violate. Uh, um, it, it it breaks expectations. Like everybody thought they were going to get just sort of like modern Star Trek and they got, you know, they, they did some, some different, you know, might I add Star Trekky things with it. Um, and that pissed a lot of people off. And by a lot of people, I mean like old head fucking fans, fucking white hair fans who are just like, that's not my Star Trek. Great. <laughs> don't watch the fucking movies. Just don't go watch, uh, uh, uh 
you know, fucking Voyage Home again or or the motion picture for the 900th time. Like, have fun. Great. Do you. But don't keep coming back to this and be like, this is dumb for all these reasons. This is specifically setting up a different timeline. They go out of their way to be like, you're right. This is not your Star Trek. This is a parallel universe. Suck it up. Um, and honestly, I don't have an issue with any of that. My issue is just how lazy the writing was and how lazy the story was because, again, it got off to a fantastic start. It starts off really strong. It starts and, off really engaging and really strong. Yeah. And, just... and exactly. That's the big musical score that ends with a fart sound. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it, what, what was so frustrating about it is, like, you literally – he didn't even need to be con. You didn't need the whole crew of frozen people. You literally could have had him be John Harrison, pissed off Starfleet employee who's been used to make weapons of mass destruction. And now he's going against Starfleet because of all the awful things that they are. And you make uh, Admiral Marcus the bad admiral, which is something that happens in Star Trek all the time. This literally mm -hmm. could have been everything without the con shit. And frankly, if you really want to break it down, if we're going to be in the 21st century and we're going to be casting Khan Noonien Singh, a Sikh character played by a fucking white dude after he was played by Ricardo Montalban, which again, not an Indian character, but let me tell you, Ricardo Montalban chews some fucking scenery that John Harrison fucking does not. Cumberbatch comparing these two actors, like I would take Ricardo Montalban all day. And the reason why is because Montalban, like he took it seriously, but took it in an over the top way. Like that character was engaging. This one was mayonnaise on toast. Like, oh. yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. Like, at least, like, think about all the lines from Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Like, when he's got Kirk on that, on uh, Genesis, and he's just like, if you want to kill me, Khan, you're going to have to come down here. And he's like, I don't have to kill you. I've hurt you. And I'm going to go on hurting you. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah, you did. Like, <laughs> all the fucking Shakespeare quotes. and Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Fucking quoting Melville and quoting Moby Dick. Yeah. At Hell's heart, I stab at thee. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, that's a fucking villain. Okay. Sherlock Holmes, no, not so much. He's just like, you know what his villain quality was? I have a British accent. Fuck you. Like, well, he also has a very unique and uh, peculiar face. Yes. He does. That's true. <laughs> One that I want to punch. It's like his hands. That's almost villain status there. At least he's got a punchable face now. Maybe yes. for the wrong reasons, but still, I feel that ties a little bit into the villainous, yeah, uh, you know, side of things. True. I mean, he is like, and honestly, that's why he's a good Doctor Strange, because he's kind of a douche. You kind of don't like him, and he's just like, actually, it's Doctor. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But you're good at shit. Okay, cool. Fine. I'll, 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 I'll allow it. Yeah, this one just, this one hurt me. Like, it, because I was so excited and I finally watched it and I was like, hell yeah, some good Star Trek. And, and oh shit, they're actually going to do some innovative things. Wait a minute. No, they're not. Oh no, 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 please stop. No, no. Yeah, oh, if they had just man. kept him John Harrison, just yeah. disgruntled uh, 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 Federation employee or Starfleet employee, yeah, that would have been so much more interesting and so much more engaging as opposed to like, oh yeah, by the way, remember Wrath of Khan? We know you do. Here you go. Here you go, nerds. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
especially too because like the commentary on like somebody fighting the war on terror and then now being a dissenter and being like how are we any better than the enemy so i'm going to turn against the good guys and be the enemy like that's some that's some deep shit right there and that could have been a really really good star trek movie because ultimately that's what star trek was it was social commentary on our world turn the mirror look at what's happening in our world right now no instead they were like here's sherlock holmes enjoy <laughs> oh yeah anywho <laughs> Zena, you're up next. What other movies do you fucking hate? <laughs> uh, well, this one um, I actually watched last night. Uh, and even though it should be fresh in my mind, it sort of isn't because none of it was very memorable. Um, I was watching a movie with my boyfriend and uh, he was like, okay, look up reviews for this because he found a movie. I'm like, okay, well, it's got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, surely, what could go wrong? You know, some of the other movies we talked about had their, you know, they're really low ratings that were well-earned, but this one had a really high rating. Um, and it's called Take Cover. I don't know when it's from, and I don't remember, like I don't recognize most of the actors or anything. Uh, my boyfriend just found it scrolling through the endless Netflix feeds and that kind of thing. Um, and it's a, it's a film where you're constantly wondering uh, whether or not the main, the, the lead actor has like, uh, like a psychosis situation, or if he's getting like messages from beyond that tell him to prepare for something, right? In this case, uh, big storm. So he keeps having these dreams. He's a dad. There's a daughter, and she's deaf, and they're getting her implants so that she can hear, which is all contingent upon his really good insurance that he gets from work. But is oh no, maybe, he's falling behind in work. Is it and, maybe take uh, shelter? It's called take, take Shelter, yeah. Yes, okay, cool, 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 cool. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I know, I, no, I, I, I think I know who the director is, um, and I, I know why like this is Like, personally, because I might, I might want to have, like, a word. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not familiar with <laughs> uh, that degree. We'll line um, him up. Like, I get, I get Ted McGinley first, then you can, right, yeah. Pick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um. So dad is getting getting these dreams uh, in which there's like a, a big storm on the horizon. Lots of lightning is happening um, and it starts raining what looks to be like motor oil. Right. And then something bad happens, like his dog will bite him uh, and he'll wake up and like, you know, he will have like peed the bed in the night, um, that kind of thing. Um, we also learn that uh, his mother is schizophrenic and she's in like a, an institution for that. Um, she got her own happy little apartment in her institution, however that works. Um, and so we're wondering constantly, is is he going mad? Does he has, have schizophrenia that was passed down from his mother? Or is he like actually seeing something? Because obviously he starts doomsday prepping, right? Like one does. Um, natural progression. So he take, you know, he works construction. So he starts taking like stuff from, from work to build his like bunker and whatnot. He's getting gas masks and these dreams are getting worse and worse. And the thing about the movie is though, you know, when you start a film and you don't know much about it going in, immediately your brain wants to be like, okay, who am I rooting for, right? Who's who's my guy? Who's my lady in this production? Um, and well, dad seems nice enough, but he's he's got this thing with his mouth where it looks like he's constantly slightly chewing on something, <laughs> but he never swallows or spits it out. You don't see him eating very often. And you're just distracted by like, what's in your mouth, man? What's in your mouth? Like, you want the lead? Up? in church and spit it out. What is, it, is it the lead? 
It could be any. Is it chewing tobacco? Where's your cup? It gives me something to work with. Is the lead actor? What's that? Is the lead actor? Yes. It's Michael Shannon. It's Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain. Oh, there it is. Michael Shannon does look like he's always chewing on something. I don't know. He's so Zod. Zod, drop it. Drop it, Zod. Shannon was. He was. Yeah, he was General Zod and Man of Steel. Uh, he's the uh, he's the the government agent in a uh, 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 the Shape of Water. Um, he's a guy you've seen in other things. Yeah, he's okay. a really good actor. I like the guy a lot. You but yeah, you know, absolutely, he absolutely does look. He look, he's constantly chewing on something. Constantly chewing on something. Spit it I out. Love, I love Forrest Whitaker as an actor. I think he's fantastic. Like him him playing Idi Amin. Um, was was fantastic, but Forrest Whitaker has an expression on his face in many many movies where he's like, "Man, I'm hungry." <laughs> like he just like especially I don't know if you've ever seen Ghost Dog before, but like Ghost Dog is a perfect example of that. The whole movie he's just like he he's like, "I could really use a sandwich." Just like he just has that look on his face the whole time. Just eyeing the craft services table for the off cameras. What's my motivation on this? We're getting a bucket of chicken after this. Hell yeah! Like. Yeah, it's <laughs> so dad in this movie doesn't have much like, you know, he's kind of going in, into his descent into madness. So he doesn't start off tremendously likable. We don't get a chance to see that if he was ever like a likable dude. Uh, he just gets weirder and weirder, but doesn't tell anyone about any of this, including his wife, who's still trying to like raise their child. And she sells, you know, handcrafted uh, pillowcases at the flea market uh, in their almost town where they live, I think it might be Ohio or something. It's, it's the farmlands, you know. So she takes her daughter to sell, you know, handcrafted uh, pillowcases, and that's like her thing. So it's I, they show it multiple times enough where it, I think the implication is that they just don't spend a lot of time together. Like they live in the same building, but they don't see each other very often. That kind of thing. Um, and and at first you're like, okay, well, dad's getting weird, so maybe maybe mom will be normal, and like that's the character I'm supposed to be like connecting with. Um, and at first you think that might be it, but then it turns out she's like a bit of a, she kind of seems like a bit of a bitch. And it's like, okay, if, if my husband started getting all weird on me, and and uh, sort of ducking responsibilities around the home, that kind of thing, I suppose I too would become less pleasant to be around. But 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 no, that doesn't seem to be quite it. It just somehow the pieces don't fit together. None of the pieces in terms of like their personal relationships really fit together. There's no character there where you're like, oh, you're a good person, except for maybe the daughter. And that might just be because she has no lines because she's deaf and does not speak. And maybe that's why I like her better because she's she's barely even there. Her and the dog, they're great. But beyond that, I don't like throw out this whole family. Uh, they have like a Sunday lunch at one point. And they made like they kind of made it up to be like a little bit of a big deal. Like dad has to feel good for the Sunday lunch or else it needs to get canceled. So let me know because I will cancel it. Um, And then, you know, he wakes up in a cold sweat that morning looking like he's just about to like vomit all over the place. And she's like, "Okay, well, I'll you know, if you're not okay, you need need to go to the doctor. We'll cancel the lunch. He's like, no, 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 fine. Fine. I'm just chewing on this thing. Don't worry. And like it goes on and then the church people come over for their Sunday lunch. And I thought that Sunday lunch meant like, you know, a big meal. 
But they're over there with their SpaghettiOs, just like, mm, didn't see any church today. I'm not judging, but sure, I sure do sound judgy, don't I? <laughs> and he's just like, ah, yes, how was the service? I'm still chewing, but not on these SpaghettiOs. I've just been chewing for weeks. Been working um, this piece of crystal for the last two, three weeks. It's, uh, you know, like, I'm just, ins- I'm, I'm, I'm upset that you didn't get this, Zena. That him chewing is him chewing on the difficulties in his life. Did you not see that? That's, I clearly that's... did. I clearly did not because I was so stuck on trying to figure out who the likable character was. So he continues with these dreams and his like doomsday prepping, and it, he eventually gets fired from his job, which of course now calls into question the insurance for the daughter's, you know, um, uh, implants or whatever it is that they're trying to get sorted over there. Um, and then he has like a blow up in like. The t- I, what is this, like a town mess hall where like everybody goes and it's like a little like buffet and everybody gets their like 30 day old fried chicken and whatnot. Um, and there's like a blow up with like a really short, embarrassing, cringy fist fight that ends with dad being like, oh, I see what you're, you all think I'm the crazy one. He told you I was crazy. I'm not crazy. When the storm comes and it's coming, you're all gonna get washed away. And it's just, oh God, it's bad. And so you're, please let there actually be a storm. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here for now an hour and a half and I'm just like, please let there be like something we're actually working towards other than just the tragic downward spiral of this character and the destruction of this, this little family. Uh, and then it does start storming. You know, spoilers galore, you're welcome. Maybe don't watch this movie anyway. Um, so it starts storming. So, of course, and it starts with just like rain. Like, it's just, it looks like a regular, like, rain. There's rain clouds. The sky is gray. It's not very, you know, tre- it's not tremendous looking. But, you know, we've been building it up. So clearly this is the storm of the century. So dad takes mom and the daughter and they run into the, the bunker that he built in the in the backyard there. Which, by the way... By the way, the backyard, uh, it looks upon a field, and the yard itself is the most sort of perfectly kept manicured lawn you've seen in your life. And at one point, you see, like, a a trash pile next to it, but it's, like, also the most perfect trash pile. It's just, like, odds and ends of, like, two-by-fours that are sitting there. It's like they had a small shed there, and the small shed got hit by, like, one perfect strike of lightning, and now there's just been, like, as if in a cartoon, it's just been reduced to, like, one perfect little, mostly wooden, like, pile of trash. Like, and it's, like, like this vaguely Pope, thing. Like Popeye punches, like, a, a, a cow after he's eaten his spinach, and the cow flies up in the air and then comes down as, like, all the different cuts of meat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly like that. And this becomes, like, a thing at some point for the family where, like, the daughter is seen playing with the perfect two-by-four in the yard, and she's just hammering into the ground with it. She's basically disinterested. My mom freaks out, and she's like, husband, you must take care of this trash pile. How many times do I have to tell you this? And it's like, what do you, what this is? Woman, you could have carried this out with one hand. You could have carried this to your regular trash bin and put it in there for, like, the actual trash people to just come on, like, on the Thursday trash one and just pick it up and just you don't you don't need to bring anything into this you don't even need the wheelbarrow that's somehow hidden perfectly underneath several two by fours in that one close-up shot of that perfect pile of trash but anyway that's how dad finds the the previous bunker that was there that now he's like upgrading to be like you know super cool or whatever 
So luckily he builds this thing because now it's storming. So they all run as if it's not just rain, which, spoiler alert, it is. <laughs> so they end up down there. He forces gas masks on the whole family. They sleep down there. And the next day, mom's like, okay, so we're, you're going to need to give me the key. So, you know, you got to open this door. He's like, no, no, the storm's still there. You know, he's stuck on the storm. Uh, and mom and daughter are getting scared because like, oh, no, daddy's gone mad. And now we're trapped in a bunker with him and he won't let us sleep. Um, and luckily, of course, he does eventually open the door because mom's all like, no, I could open the door. But you have to be the one to do it. That's what it means to stay with us. You have to get better and open the door. Um, so they really tried tried to do that in there. Just, just you know, anyway, so he opens the door and it's like sunshine everything's good which is which is tragic because now you're like oh no i really am just watching amanda descend into madness that's just that's just sad now i'm sad um and they go to like a big meeting with a doctor and the psychiatrist is like well you're gonna have to go to a real facility unlike the facility i'm running here you're gonna have to go to a real one like what doctor says that what doctor's gonna say go somewhere real he implies that you're somewhere make-believe you're you're not a cvs getting your flu shot nonsense anyway so they go uh on a beach vacation that is planned for every year and that's why that's why by the way guys mom is working so hard selling those pillowcases at the flea market every saturday because she brings in the funding for the same annual vacation to the same beach every year and presumably the same beach house so they go there and uh in the final scene they're playing there and it's understood that after the after the beach vacation, dad's going to go live in a facility, presumably with mom. Um, but then more storm clouds appear. And now this time, it's like, it's not. So the way that they present the storm is that you don't really see it. You see it in the reflection of other, like like a sliding glass door. And it's clearly just a still image of a, a like a stormy ocean view with like four tornadoes that are building. But they don't move. The tornadoes never move because it's literally just one still image. And how did this movie get a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes? Where? <laughs> Honestly, I think from the way you've described it, it sounds like one of those movies that's too smart for its own good. And what I mean by that is, is people watch it, they don't really understand it, but they see all this symbolism and they're like, I recognize that this is supposed to be symbolism. And therefore, that means that this movie must be good. And I think there's a lot of movies that fall into the same category as like the the first couple of times that you you see something and you're just like, oh, wow, they're really going for this. And I'm I'm for it. Yeah. And also, here's the other thing, too. This movie came out during the pandemic. And I think so many people are so starved for entertainment right now that okay. everything is getting a free pass. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Say again. When did this come out? It came out in 2011. Oh, I thought this was new. I thought you said you just happened to find it on Netflix and it was new. Okay, my mistake. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, I didn't. No, we just discovered it. It was already around, though. Oh, well. It would make more sense if it had come out during the pandemic, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it actually did. So, anyway, the, the final okay. scene is it does start raining motor oil and jokes on you because now you're really super far away from your special bunker. <laughs> Turns out you were crazy all along. The theme of the movie is no, seriously, be paranoid, <laughs> live in fear, and act accordingly. And bring your no. bunker with you on vacation. The government is out to get you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Paranoia. Um, 
So let's go. Yeah. Uh, so, real quick, uh, uh, Jeff Nichols is who wrote and directed this. Um, he's also done a couple other movies, uh, uh, Mud being one of them, Midnight Special, uh, Loving. Um, I have seen two of these movies. Um, it is very, he, he's very much the sort of like, I'm going to deal with difficult subjects um, and be kind of vague about them. And you you figure out what the ending is, which can work, um, but when it doesn't, is just fucking irritating. Um, Let's talk about the ending of this movie. What did it mean? What did it mean to you? Fuck you! I asked you a question. No, what do you think, motherfucker? Um, it did start raining actual motor grease, so I'm gonna need. And then the screen went black, so so I'm gonna need a little some like I'm gonna need more out of that. So mud is is a uh, is really a great excuse to watch um, a couple of child actors really kick ass um, in this movie, like do really really impressive performances, and see Matthew McConaughey be really creepy and scary and dangerous. Um, like when 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 there was that whole reconnaissance when he was like you know like oh yeah by the way I can actually act like I'm not just a really pretty face and I I'm actually really good at my job. Um, he was that was one of the big movies that that did it midnight special is <sighs> midnight special could have been really cool um my like that like i'd like all their performances the writing itself is good it just kind of stops um and nichols is a guy who makes movies for pretty cheap uh which is also one of the reasons why he's able to keep making movies uh and they're, and they're very popular like there, there's definitely something to what Mike said in terms of it being a little too smart for its own good. He's clearly a guy that has, he's he's saying something with his movies, which I can appreciate, but it's just like, yeah, but are you saying anything that I care about? Are you saying anything that's really engaging me as a, as a viewer? Um, and so far, I'm 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 one for two with him. I like Mud. Uh, Night Special did not really do it for me. And Take Shelter is one of those movies that was on the list for me for a while because I really like Michael Shannon as well, but I'm also just like, eh. Well, I'm sorry know. I spoiled it for you. Or oh, you're, no, you're fine. One or the other. You're, I no, I, I would always, um, I would always uh, rather hear, no, don't watch this, or definitely do. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who not proudly, but also not ashamedly is influenced by others' opinions. People who were like, oh, I don't care what other people think. I, I, I do whatever I want, or I, it's, I don't care what the critics have to say about things. I do. I give a shit. I want to know what other people think about this, um, because that does influence my experience. Um, oh, well, good or bad, like, <laughs> that, that is, is a thing that happens, um, so yeah, no, I'd, I'd always rather now. So let's let's do this. Let's because I, I know we're we're coming up on time here. So let's kind of truncated versions of why we hate some more movies. Um, Mr. Rambo, give me some mo more movies that you dislike and why. Um, Battlefield Earth. Uh, it is a shitty book that was adapted into a shitty movie. Uh, there are stupid, stupid cartoon. Uh, cartoon looking uh, uh, prosthetic makeups 
Um, I'm supposed to believe that John Travolta is threatening and scary in some fashion. He is not. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, it's him and Forrest Whitaker are the are like two bad guy aliens. Um, and I'm not really clear on like what they're doing or why they're doing it beyond like we are in power and we are aliens and humans are stupid and we will use them for our slaves. Um, and it's also just based on, you know, fucking psychotic uh, uh, faux religion bullshit. Um, yeah, it's a terrible movie. It's very, very bad. I had such hope for M. Night Shyamalan early on in his career. He started yeah. off strong, man. He really did. He yeah. Really did. Um, say what you will about a lot of his movies. I thought Signs was was okay. Um, I mean, his his first two were, were fucking gold. Uh, he went into a lull there. And then he did a movie... Um, about trees <laughs> killing us, and like at, <laughs> at one point, the trees are convincing us that we need to kill ourselves, and somebody just jumps off of a building, and it's supposed to be horrifying, and it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm a horrible person, but like, when that guy was just like, the trees are telling me to kill myself, bye, he just falls off the building. Like, I definitely laughed. But not only that, Mark Wahlberg is the wrong person to try to convince people that something is serious, okay? Because he gets this thing that happens with his voice. When he's trying to convince people that something is serious, he gets really, really high-pitched. No, this is serious, guys. The tree's trying to kill us. And you're just like, shut up, Marky Mark. Come on. Get the, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, it's just, uh. God, that movie was dog shit. <laughs> why do people keep giving M. Sh- Night Shyamalan m- money? Like, fucking why? You know, he made a, a series a while back, too, that went into, like, I think almost three seasons. Um, I saw it on Hulu, and it was like, it started off real, real strong. Um, it was called Wayward Pines, I think, that's what it was. Uh, it started off real strong, but you know it's M. Night Shyamalan, so you, and I, forgive me, I just don't know how to pronounce the last name, it's going to be different every time, that's part of the fun. Um, and it, it started off strong, and you know that you're going to get tricked by it towards the end, you just, you don't know where it's coming from, but you know that there's going to be, like, that twist that totally switches everything about. And, of course, it is revealed by the end of season one. And you're like, okay, well, that's what it is. We'll take it for what it is then. Okay, whatever. It doesn't have to be tremendously logical or appealing in any way, shape, or form. There it is. Well, that was the miniseries, and we're good with that. And then they came out with, like, a second, maybe even a third season. And you're like, but the cat's out of the bag. So you can't really... And now they're attempting to, like, you know, world build around a fresh new reality that was recently, you know, revealed. And it just kind of falls apart. It gets weird and awkward and falls apart and... And uh, and I think the takeaway from season two was you should really fear your children and everybody's children um, because uh, because because they're scary. Um, <laughs> you might be raising them to be like specifically scary. Uh, so that you know, M Night Shyamalan is a, is one of those. Yeah, Rambo. What else you got for us, man? Or actually, Zena, you're up. You got another one that's uh, just god awful, quick hitter. Well, I just. I really love Rosemary's Baby and recently saw one film that seemed to be heavily inspired by it, uh, False Positive. Oh, yeah. I've heard other people say very yeah. interesting things about this movie. Mm, and I have feelings about that. Hang on. Let me look this up. Hang on. This just sounds like a bad idea. Is it like, the one in Asia? 
Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Lana Glazer? Yeah, I can't tell if it's a double L or an I-L. It's, it, it, uh, it is uh, uh, Ilana, not like Iana. All right, well. Yeah, she's Jewish. Because on, on, the post, on the poster, it's in all caps, so it is I-L-A-N-A. Yeah. Right, it looks like all caps, and I'm not sure if it's, or I'm looking at it with, like, the first one is capitalized, the second letter isn't, and I've been confused forever. And it just, I feel like it's one of those that tries a little too hard um, to be like very poignant, but also like oddly snarky about it. And just, it, it really fell flat for me. And I didn't, I ended up not caring about any of the characters involved, even the ones that I should be like concerned with. I just kind of didn't care what happened to any of them. It just, in the setup was such that like everything felt cobblestone together. Nothing felt like the main character needed the support system that she had built herself at the beginning of the movie. I felt like she could have gone back to like previous friends and whatnot. Like even in Rosemary's Baby, eventually like uh, Rosemary hosts a party for all their young friends, right? The friends from her earlier life. And they kind of give her an idea of like, hey, this isn't right and and whatnot. But uh, in this one, they don't make that effort really. to connect the main character back to their previous way of life and their sort of uh, the bar that was set for their like regular life and their sanity and whatnot. So I felt it really fell apart. Um, and then the very end was, um, you know, it really culminated in like a lot of uh, an unexpected violence and and bloodshed, which for a horror movie in particular, I'm not opposed to, but it came out of like very left field. Um, and still, still awkward. I'm um, not sure if babies ever got thrown out a window there. Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, <laughs> or if they didn't. But either way, uh, it, it got weird. It got weird, but not in a fun way. At that point, I was just over it. And I was just like, okay, let's, let's move on to... Let me just rewatch Rosemary's Baby for the hundredth time. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> Rambo, you got another one that sucks. Yes, I do. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, the so second. So we talked. One. We talked very briefly earlier about Mr. W. S. Anderson and his his uh, his foray into video game movies. Um, first Mortal Kombat, I think, is is pretty solid. It's it's very fun. It's very self aware. Um, it knows that it's a movie about a fucking fighting game. And also, real quick, fuck off, all these people who are mad about the new one. Like, I'm sorry, I enjoyed the shit out of the new one. And I'm just like, also, like, I'm sorry the movie literally about a fighting game wherein it doesn't have to have any kind of, oh, but the lore, shut up, you sound like a idiot. What lore? What lore? It's just, yeah, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. We're here for the fights. I'm here to watch people fight. The The lore of if you uppercut somebody, a random developer pops onto the screen and says, toasty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I loved that new yeah. movie so much, and then I Googled it to see that other, you know, to make sure other people loved it as much as I did, who were also correct like me in loving it. And, like, critics <laughs> were, like, hammering this movie, like, combat isn't even spelled right. It's spelled with a K. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? It's like they just put all these scenes together really quickly just to have these characters fight for, like, no reason. Welcome to the fighting game. It's literally, yeah, that I, is the game. I just... The, the the one the one narrative thing that I was interested in I got, which was give me some cool background with Scorpion and Sub Zero, and they did, and it was fucking dope. 
and that's all I needed. I, all I, need. I do I do want to point out though real quick, Zena, I love your clueless um interpretation voice of the <laughs> I've never seen this thing, but I'm going to comment on that was fucking spot on. Well done. You <laughs> didn't even spell combat right. Such foolishness. But again, multiple reviewers said that. It was incredible to me. They kept going back to that and then they said if for source material that it was based on another movie. And then maybe also that it was based on a game that obviously preceded the previous. Fantastic. Oh, God. Love when the ignorant people talk up, talk real loud and long. Um, he's like, hey, he's not even way, from here. He's from a whole other planet. You need to know that I'm wrong about this. Um, okay, but yeah, so so 90s Mortal Kombat movie. Again, it's very silly. It's very self-aware. It's, it's a good time all over. Motherfucker, does the second movie suck? Um <laughs> The first movie, you know, there's some there's some CG that's you know that didn't really age all that well, but at the time it's like this is what we're doing. This is the best we have. Um, for the most part, we're gonna use practical effects where we can, and they look pretty damn good. Um, the second movie has some of the ugliest visual effects I have ever seen on cinema in cinema. Period. Like I have seen low budget TV shows that have better visual effects. Um, it is full of actors just doing their best. Just trying. Uh, it should have definitely gone straight to video. It did not. It got a theatrical release, and it is awful. Um, if you want to see some truly horrific-looking uh, CGI, look up the transformation sequence from fucking Mortal Kombat Annihilation and be prepared for you to be disappointed. <laughs> it's... I can't wait to watch it. It's oh. going to be so bad. Okay. I mentioned him briefly in my joking tone of voice. Uh, Superman 4. God damn this movie. Um, Almost been on my list. Almost uh, did. It's still Superman, so there's still things that are to enjoy about it. It's still Christopher Reeve as Superman. There's still things to enjoy about it. But overall, this movie is just dog shit. However, interesting thing, though, is that um, John Cryer was in this movie, and he now plays Lex Luthor in the CW Arrowverse, which I think is kind of a cool like nod to the series. Um, but just overall, like the movie is just not good. It it seems like everybody was tired of making Superman movies at this point, like Christopher Reeve included, like the writing team, the directing team, like just nobody wanted to be here. It just it's not a good movie and like it's not a good Superman movie. There's a couple of things that are kind of cool when you just strip it apart and you're just like Superman versus the nuclear man and they're on the moon and they're fighting. That was kind of cool. But like that's about it. It just just that's the best way I can describe it is the the um, recently copyrighted James Rambo grunt of disapproval. Just Um, we'll, we'll go backwards circle here. I'll do one more. Um, I remember being a kid and hearing about this movie. Um, and of course, when, when you're a young man, movies that involve, uh, attractive actresses that are going to be nude are it's very enticing. You're quite excited about this, right? I remember that moment as a child where I re not a child. Yeah. A child, like a, a young teenage boy seeing this movie and realizing that I was also a film dork because I criticized the shit out of this movie because it was so bad. And that's striptease starring Demi Moore. No. Um, she does <laughs> in fact get nude in this movie. You can see her boobs. And that was really cool as a teenage boy, but the movie is dog shit. It's just, it's, it's fucking awful. It's a horrible, horrible movie. It just, it, it's, 
it literally, I remember watching it and I was like, this was not worth waiting to see her boobs. I was like, I <laughs> would have been better off just not seeing this movie. It just, it, it just, ugh, God, it was just awful. Just, ugh, just gross. Um, Rambo, give us one that you just don't like. The, I, this is the last one on my list. Um, Alone in the Dark. Uh, oh, Yui Bull. Fuck fucking that guy. Fucking Bull just doing what he does, which is make garbage films. Um, there's a whole, like, like, like theory about him that he's not actually a bad director. He's a very uh, um, uh, shrewd businessman because apparently in Germany, if you make a movie that doesn't turn a profit, you get some kind of big crazy tax break. Um, the producers, yeah. Yeah, it's, and of course he he writes, directs, and produces all of his own, all of his own movies. Uh, so there's that. But uh, yeah. I like Christian Slater. I think he's a good guy. He's, he seems like, well, I mean, I don't know if he's a good guy. He might be an asshole. But he's he's a solid actor. He's somebody I can rely on. And he tried his best. Um, fucking Tara Strong and some other person. I can't even remember who the other guy is in this movie. Uh, but it's it's bad. I'm not even going to give you some specifics. It's based on a video game. Um, it's a horror video game. There's guns and shit. Uh, there's a scene where somebody shoots somebody else through, like, a block of ice. That was supposed to be interesting. It's not stupid. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's real bad. It's just real bad. Like I, I don't even dislike it enough to get excited about it. It was just like, yeah, it it wasn't even the lackluster hand job that some things are. It was just like you know someone vaguely looking at your penis. Like it's just, <laughs> just saying yeah. nice things to it. <laughs> like, but but not, not like satisfied. nice. Like oh. I've seen I've seen worse. I mean, there's uglier dicks out there. Congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like just, a four out of ten. Yeah, you tried. Good uh, job. Uh, boo! Fucking weak. Cena, <laughs> you get to close us out here. Do you have another shitty movie? Oh God! You know, I'm still honestly stuck on Queen of the Damned because I saw it so recently. And why are we falling in love in 48 seconds on screen? Why do you care about each other? What's the deal with that? And why do I have to be involved? In I, you don't need me here for this. Why am I watching this? Why did you film this? Um, but I guess paranormal activity is one that I always disliked because nothing happened. It was more like paranormal inactivity. I'm fairly certain I took an excellent nap in the theater that day. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I And it spawned, what, eight sequels or some shit? Like, From eight? nothing! Yeah. Nothing, right. nothing happened. Nothing yeah. happened. Ugh, man. Mm. Um, mm. I want to end. Uh, I, I want a palate cleanser here. Um, I want a movie that's so shitty it's good. Because the way the spectrum works is it's a circle, in the sense that like movies can be really really good, they can be really really bad, but then they can be so bad that they've then turned around and become enjoyable. Um, mine, my go-to is always, and it will always be. Um, I want to say it was 1989. Uh, the 1989 Masters of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren. Like, it's so bad, but it's so fucking good. Like, mostly because Frank Langella as Skeletor is fucking phenomenal. Like, he just, like, nobody else is, like, doing any good acting in that movie except for him. He's just like, fuck it. This is, this is my time. And it was goddamn, his I love that movie. Is that what you're saying? Oh, man. It's just. Oh, it's, not it's, even. No, he still, he kept making good movies. Just, he's incredible in that movie. Yeah, like he just like 
compare it on the same level as Raul Julia's performance in Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Where like Raul Julia is the only one who was like, oh, none of y'all are mother, none of y'all are acting. Fuck it, I'm gonna act the shit out of this movie. Like that's him as Skeletor. Like he's just like everybody else is like kind of like muted in their performances. Like Dolph Lundgren, let's okay, Dolph Lundgren's no no amazing actor. The guy's a physical specimen. He's a fucking genius too because he's like a biochemist. But like, yeah, not a great actor in this movie. Um, but not Frank Langella. He's just like, no, I'm going to be Skeletor to the max. And it's the best performance. It's fucking phenomenal. Not only that, too, it's um, it's loosely based on Jack Kirby's New Gods, which if you're a comic book fan is, is kind of cool. Um, Rambo, give us one. Xena, give us one. And then we'll uh, call it a day. Um, I try not to go the guilty pleasure route of things. So I'll just pick one of the movies that I know a lot of people talk shit about. Over the Top. Over the Top is so much fun. Uh, it is fucking ridiculous. It's about arm wrestling competitions, professional arm wrestling competitions, specifically Sylvester Stallone playing a truck driver whose main aspiration is to win a professional arm wrestling competition while also winning back the love of his son who is now in military school and shit. It is very silly, very cartoonish. There's a whole thing about how, like, uh, the, you know, like the, the, the fucking trucker cap he wears when he turns it around, it's like, flip, you know, it's like flipping a switch and he becomes like a different guy. And now it's time to compete. And you're like, okay, man, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Tina, take us home. Um, I guess I'm going to go with the ninth gate, which I love, but everybody else tells me is terrible. Um, and I'm, I, I accept that. I enjoy it so much that I kind of want a tattoo of it. Um, and by kind of, I mean, I've had the idea for years now and I'm still wanting it. So that's happening. Um, it may have been like goofy and dumb as hell and you're followed around by Cisco half the time, but, uh, but damn, I had a good time watching that. On, on that note, uh, all of you wonderful people out there who are listening to this podcast, we appreciate you. We really do. Um, you make this thing that we do, which is just a bunch of geeks and nerds talking about geeky, nerdy things that they love. It makes it that much more enjoyable than other people are listening to it and sharing it and enjoying it. So we appreciate you. Uh, I want to thank uh, our guest, uh, Zena. I want to thank uh, Mr. James Rambo, as always. I want to thank all of you wonderful, fine folks out there again. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, stay tuned. We got more stuff coming uh, next week. Uh, we'll have more episodes. Um, and look forward to all of MC's cool things that he's going to be talking about right now. He's actually filming a music video for his uh, upcoming release of his new album. Uh, so all sorts of cool things are coming uh, on the horizon. So remember, stay safe. Uh, just as a reminder, uh, the pandemic's not over. Uh, I just ran into this because at work, one of the people that I uh, work with um, contracted COVID. So you still should probably keep those masks around. You probably should be still social distancing, like wash your hands. Again, though, this is still a stressful situation. Try to be nice to people as best you possibly can. But remember, together, there are no heights we can't reach.
you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>